you're listening to Dialogues on 3CR Community Radio. Every Wednesday night at midnight. Hello, you're listening to Dialogues with me, Joe Raleigh. This week, I'm speaking to my friend, Shakti Nambiar. That was very good. I've really been practicing. I'm so <laughs> sorry. For maybe 25 minutes now. <laughs> Did I do okay with that? Yeah, yeah. Good. Sort of. Okay. Sort of. I, I'm not going to risk giving it another go. I'll just leave it there. I think that's okay. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and this week, we're talking about the future of humanity. Or as... Uh, Wikipedia very scientifically calls it far future hypotheses. Excellent. <laughs> well, I mean, I think we should take our lead from Wikipedia yeah, I think pretty so. much. <laughs> you know, that would provide a useful structure for the discussion. I think that's the, Wikipedia is the basis for my PhD in this subject. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you're sort of an intangible future PhD, which, yes. you know, inevitably will follow from this conversation. Far future. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, yeah, so so obviously you've done a bit of background reading, the, the, yeah, <laughs> the essential yes. Wikipedia From uh, nine research. to five at work today. Yeah, <laughs> excellent, excellent. Yeah, so I mean, it's uh, from, from our conversations within our, our mutual social life, um, I get the impression that you're interested in science fiction. Yes. Um, why, why is that the case, do you think? Oh, I don't know. I just actually, my interest in the subject came from the Dune books. Mm. Have you read them? I haven't read them. So, number one and number two are really good. Yeah. They're like this philosophical, um, crazy, drug fueled trip into 20,000 years from now, yeah. where everyone's addicted to this like oil allegory drug named the Spice, uh-huh. um, which is very sexy, like sexy <laughs> name. It is. Um, and. They can see into the future um, when they take this drug, and that helps them hand wave, hand wave, hand wave science, space travel by quantum leaping through wormholes. Yeah. But um, the part that interested me um, when it came to the far future was um, the idea that 20,000 years in the future, we've regressed to mm. an agricultural feudal society um, because the AI came. And they did what all the Will Smith movies have them do, and they yeah. killed us all. Right. And um, we eventually had some sort of plucky human uprising and took back the galaxy. But then came this distrust of technology. Yeah. Um, and so we regressed to this amazing agrarian feudal space, but with like multiple planet travel and weird drugs that everyone's trying to get. Sounds like a pretty good, great future. <laughs> <laughs> so is that presented as like a utopia or a dystopia? No, no. Well, it's the whole thing was um, essentially like a sort of morality lesson almost. The books were written like that um, in order to make points about the race for oil um, dominance back in the 70s. Uh-huh. And so this spice drug is, and, and in fact, the way that... Um, each of the societies in the books organize themselves are very much like um, the global powers on our earth okay. um, organize themselves around who got oil, mm-hmm. um, except they're like this crazy technology hating, um, like 
Game of Thrones-esque medieval society. Yeah, okay. So it's sort of allegorical yeah. in a sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which I think a lot of science fiction is, really. It's it's sort of, it's a means of commenting on current yes. society. I mean, The Lord of the Rings is very Christian yeah. underneath all the... Mm-hmm. Elves and hobbits and everything. Yeah. Although I think that's in the Bible as well, elves and hobbits. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's in the sort of apocryphal <laughs> kind of uh, the, the lesser rad aspect. One of the other books. Well, as, as is the, the Chronicles of Narnia series as yeah. well, you know, yeah. really heavily. Yeah. Um, so so do you think that means that the, the kind of future predictions or at least the, the future scape that is presented in June is is like less likely or less... Um... I like the idea of regressing into this like agricultural, feudal, medieval yeah. world. A kind of Mad Max But style. with space travel. Yes, exactly. Mad yeah. Max style. Like I much prefer that aesthetically to like, I don't know, robots and everything's in like shades of chrome. Why, why is that? It's just... Uh... A nicer color palette. Visually, it's less kind of white, smooth surfaces exactly. everywhere. Less le- like the eye future. Yes. Um, okay. But do you think that like the quality of life would be better in that circumstance? More scrappy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. More of an opportunity. I mean, it sounds... Well, okay, so so it's it's like a future that's sort of regressed in time. So it's like, almost like being in the past. Almost like being in the past, but with... Like, I think the unifying quality of all of these books that um, have used this version of the future is that um, there's some piece of technology that's been salvaged or some ability that we have that significantly changes everything, like the ability to hop planets, even though you're planet hopping from, like, one desert wasteland to the other. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, imagine Star Wars if they were just going from like one nine to five sitting at your desk working on your computer it's not it's not as exciting no. I, mean, I, I will still pay the fees to see that installment um because you know like half of the planet i am completely sort of obliged by my my childhood so yes to, uh, give disney my money so so do you think it's it's kind of so in the June series they they have to go through that that singularity that kind of AI succession yeah. of AI they call event. it a jihad interestingly mm. so so do you think that like so obviously that that I presume that that led to something negative happening yeah. to, to humanity. Yeah. Is that inevitable? Because it looks as if, you know, AI is... Oh, do you is, think is, the computers are going to eat us? Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm asking I'm asking if where you think that's going to go because I think in conversations about the future of humanity... Do you f- don't you think that, like... I just think if computers ever approximated the human brain, then they'd just become completely, like, f***ed up, overthinking... <laughs> Well, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, irrational beings just like us, and in which case, why wouldn't they eat us? Well, that's that's if they <laughs> if they um, became if they if they developed a sort of consciousness or an intelligence similar to the human mind, but not to say that they might oh, go true. further and and more advanced and more rational. But then you that. have the question of: Did they need to think like us in order to achieve higher order functioning? Yeah, absolutely. Or could they just think like a computer and still do all the things that we can do and, and more? Yeah, yeah, and more. Yeah, yeah. So which boring, which then. you know they can do they can do more than us in certain respects in terms of calculations and in yes. terms of uh, kind of you but know. Would they need to be self interested? I don't know. May, maybe because it is really self interest that drives all the lesser emotions, positive and negative. Like we're 
we're doing things in order to create um, good or bad or interesting situations for ourselves. Yeah, yeah. which relates to um, procreating successfully. I think yeah. you know, a, a lot of who and what we are is centered around that, that urge to procreate successfully and yes. adapt to a, yes. a challenging environment. But I don't think like only humans were really thinking about procreating successfully it was more doing something pleasurable not necessarily consciously but i think the yeah, we are, sure. we're hardwired like to the level it, of a it, race it kind of consciousness itself in in, the, in just pleasure seeking activities yes but i mean um could a computer approximate human level or better intelligence without self-interest ask a question um and if it didn't then it would just be boring and we'd probably always be able to um control an artificial well, when you say self-interest what what does how would that play out in terms of doing what the computer is doing D- does that would that have to mean that it was um, doing of, things that, that were you know had a negative impact on humanity no Could no it, no i just mean like having a set of goals that it wants to achieve uh-huh. um and then doing things to achieve those goals yeah that are its own rather yeah. than like that are that arise out of um yeah that's not necessarily self-interest. That that could just be executing a purpose or, or well, a function. It depends on whether the purpose is yours or or has been right. given to you. Because yeah. I think that's how I would define self-interest. Like, oh, uh, you can still have purposes that are that are not self-interested. I think. You know? I know. You know, I think you can. You can. I I I just don't think all purposes are necessarily self-interested. No, no, they're not. But I mean, um, the ultimate goal has to be. Um, something that that you want to see happen. Yeah. Like obviously, one can have a goal that isn't that doesn't directly result in benefit to oneself, yeah. but it's still something that one would want to see happen. Yeah. And that's that that I think would fall into being self interested. Well, well, this this kind of raises the question of of like intelligence versus consciousness and, yes. and sentience. So you know, having desires and wants, they're they're sort of conscious experiences yes whereas you know obviously you're, you're raising the question of, of do can computers think and feel or yeah. feel and you know thereby what is the the sort of substrate of consciousness can they want stuff or, or do, do they want in a kind of metaphorical sense meaning do they just have like functions and purposes which are they going have been to have an existential crisis <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> do they fear their own demise are they going to wake up at eight o'clock and say this and turn themselves off you can't swear Uh, (laughs) um sorry so 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 but what do you think is going to happen can you bleep me like on tv i can bleep you in fact i already will have bleeped (laughs) yeah um but what do you think is going to happen so so okay what happens in june oh in like in june they um they have this like so the the lead AI, not the lead AI, but the like supreme consciousness, mm. um, via one of its robot sentinels, um, kills a human baby. That's not very nice. No, it's not very nice. <laughs> <laughs> but very publicly, which I think is the problem, interestingly. Why does it do that? Um, it just needs to, like the baby's in the way. Mm. Um, and that leads to what's called the Butlerian Jihad. Um, of course it does. Yes, yes. Um, and after the jihad, they like, overthrow the thinking machines. 
and create a new galactic constitution of sorts. Mm. And the first, the first rule, um, the primary rule, is that you can't build any machine that can think, mm-hmm. which rules out all modern and like. I mean, postmodern is not the right word, but far future technology. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so then they have to rely <clears throat> on their bodies to do all the things that technology could, um, which they do by mining other planets for drugs that allow them to enhance human faculties yeah. um, to recreate things that computers currently do for us sure. without the use of that technology. So the human body changes um, very interestingly. Mm-hmm. So seeing into the future, i.e. advanced um, algorithms and predictive technologies. Yeah. Um, and like um, living longer, that sort of thing. And this all happened because one machine killed one baby. <laughs> no, 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 no. There was like a few thousand years of subjugation. Okay. That was the baby okay. was just the catalyst. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but before that, what, what was, was technology, what kind of advantages was uh, technology conferring, you know, in that far future? Was there anything different to yeah, what we get so, from technology so they, today? They um, had reached the level, it had reached the singularity. So yeah. the point at which um, AI surpasses human intelligence, Sure. I think, is what that means. I better check. My PhD, aka Wikipedia. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, just flick back through the thesis. Yes, yeah. yes, exactly. Um, um, but but yeah, they um, they'd reached that point and controlled everything, so we were utterly dependent on them. Which I think okay. is actually the 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 fear in most of these like Asimov, mm. um, these like AI robots are going to kill us all. Um, mm-hmm. pieces of the science Matrix. fiction. Yeah, the, the idea that like that we're just going to become irrelevant. Mm. That's really the sort of underlying fear that will go from... I think that's a, a legitimate fear. And it's a fear that, that's sort of existing today with the yes. rise of AI and the constant reports And just machines in general. <clears throat> like, yeah. I mean, since the, since the 20s, really. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, and I think another fear when you're sort of talking about the future is um you know it's interesting to think about how how humanity changes and we can look forward to positive future changes but at the same time change is scary in in and of itself and the idea of being completely different and some fundamental aspect of your nature being different it's it's almost like you know being who you are now being dead and the prospect of that is quite scary in itself so you know obviously society and culture changes all of the time I think we're we're going through interesting changes particularly in the the realm of sort of gender relations and sexuality at the moment and that's certainly something that that futurologists have talked about for a long time um or futurists um yeah exactly um but uh, what kind of what kind of sort of more deep seated and enduring fundamental changes do you think could happen to the human species in the future? Ooh, I feel like, and this is based purely on deeply unscientific modelling that I saw while Google image searching what my humans look like <laughs> this afternoon. This is outside of your PhD. <laughs> yes, this was extracurricular <laughs> desktop research. Great, great. <laughs> um, and um, apparently we're going to have really big eyes, no chins, <laughs> yeah. um, extremely long arms and long fingers from all the touch screen <laughs> and right. like typing that we're doing. Although I thought that was pretty specious. Like, 
Okay. You're not reaching out to yeah. the touch screens, <laughs> extending your arms. Unless I've been doing it wrong all these years. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, and um, four toes. Wait, so it's a big eyes, long arms, long fingers. Four toes. So okay. And f- <laughs> so some things are bigger, some things are longer, some things are Because apparently we don't need toes at all since we're not climbing well, trees. Well, we only need one less. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Apparently. Yes. But do you mean four toes total or four in each foot? <laughs> no, I think four in each foot. We're going to have two massive toes on each foot. <laughs> what benefit does that give? Oh, it doesn't. It's just that toes are apparently completely useless. What? Well, because we're not climbing trees anymore. Okay. But does that mean that we would selectively lose them? I know, right? Because so long as we're doing tree approximating exercise mm. and Instagramming it, surely that's enough to keep the evolutionary forces yeah, at bay. The, unless there's some kind of survival disadvantage to having five toes yeah. in each feet. I mean, we've still got procreate. our appendi- appendixes. Yeah, and they only, you know, don't kill too many people these days. They generally <laughs> lop them out when they're giving us a bit of jip. Yeah, um, and apparently <clears throat> babies will have bigger heads because of all the cesareans. Uh, Is that medically? Well, um, well, sort of head size, you know, did massively increase around, you know, like 100,000 years ago when we sort of developed that, that increased capacity for language. We had that sort of speciation No, event. no, so apparently <clears throat> the idea was we'll have even bigger heads than now giving birth like having cesarean deliveries mm. and so all the babies with really big heads that would have died or killed their mums otherwise okay. yeah maybe yeah i, I can yeah, that makes sense i think yeah. evolutionarily yeah so giant heads big heads. large eyes i was thinking but if- brain size also kind of doesn't necessarily correlate to intelligence no although it sort of does but but, but you not know. after appointed plateaus yeah because it, we they got smaller didn't they did they? They're smaller than Neanderthal men, but we're apparently sm- much smarter than Neanderthal and, and then men. And they're going to get bigger again. It's really <laughs> yeah. been undulating over the course of human existence. Head size. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so they're, they're sort of physical attributes that will change. But, but oh, what, what are the fundamental things? Before we move on from physical, what would it look... Appa- Genitals. Another, well... <laughs> I don't think we're really doing anything that causes evolutionary change with them. We've sort of used them the same. What's getting bigger? What's getting smaller? <laughs> what are you using? I want to know. What are you using to touch? I want to know how I'm going to fare in the future. I feel like you should be using your genitals to use your touchscreen device because then they will get larger. <laughs> Yeah, really sort of putting in the hours for my progeny. Um, um, just start typing <laughs> this with This is you. for you, grandson. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Um, you get through was... a lot of iPads that way. <laughs> and, and, and typos. Yeah, a lot of typos. <laughs> Takes a long time you to... You know the standard, like, oh, shit, that was like a palm text or I butt-dialed you. <laughs> Yeah. Oops, that was that, just my penis. Just a whole new like, kind of, uh, language. Do but... you have to bleep out the word penis? I think penis is okay. As long it... as it's not gratuitous and, okay. and you know, we keep sort of mentioning it. Um, well, arguably this entire portion of the conversation has been But it's, impor- it's important. <laughs> um, there's also, um, and I think we talked about this before, Yeah. soft bones. Soft because bones. of the dust cloud blocking out the sun. 
Okay. Scorching the sky, Matrix-esque. Oh, yes. Yes, and so no vitamin D. But Mm. what would that look like physiologically if we had really soft bones? I tried image searching it, but Mm. then my boss walked by. Well, um, well, bones famously <laughs> are internal. I know, but like, would that mean anatomy? that we're really floppy? I mean, it would mean that we're more prone to to fractures, certainly. But I think you know the Slope bones. Slope shouldered. But but that that sounds you know that's more of just a, a result of a deficiency, isn't it? You know, that's not yes. necessarily that a, gen, a genome changing. It's it's more of a uh, that, yeah. that's a challenge we, which we would face in the same way that. What if you had no son from the time you were born until the time you died? Um, would the structure of your body look different? Uh, would your stru- the structure of your body? Probably. Would you look like it, a jellyfish? It, it would look different to how it would have looked if you had been exposed to sunlight, for yeah. sure. So if you trapped a kid in Earth, like, okay, that's a horrible thought. I don't know if it would... Yeah, I mean, certainly it would, it would have an impact on... I mean, I think it's, un- it's unhealthy, isn't it? You would know? you look like a jellyfish? Because that's what I was a imagining. A jellyfish. What do you mean? Like, like in terms really of, floppy. You'd still have, you'd still grow bones. You can still synthesize, uh, you know, the various Damn. things. I, well, I don't know. I'm speaking as someone who has studied medicine, medicine yeah. but not for a long time. And, and those sorts of kind of theoretical, Esoteric questions. <laughs> kind of navel gazing-y um, questions. Oh, what? Uh, it's I, not I part of the scientific discourse. So don't get me wrong. We had a lecture series based on just that. Really? No. Oh. <laughs> I was so I excited. Did that. that would, would be awesome. For this moment. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, okay, come on then. More more changes that you think we, that humanity might go through. Well, Fundamental changes. There's actually... Okay, this isn't quite in the far future, but I read this really cool book, um, and now I only remember the thesis of the book, not the author's name or the title, which is quite unhelpful. That's fine. Um, but it <laughs> basically was about the Unabomber. Okay. Um, what was his name? Ted Kaczynski. Yeah. And it was about his manifesto. And basically making the point that his manifesto was very sensible and he was very sensible apart from the, you know, unfortunate killing of and injuring of multiple people. That was bad. Yes. Shouldn't have done that. Sure. Not a persuasive argument style, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but the manifesto itself was top notch. Okay. And so the theory was, because are you familiar with what he's, um, what he was saying? He was essentially like the world's most educated Luddite. Um, and he was completely against technology. And this, this book that I was reading um, was making the case for what it called progress traps. Yeah. And it basically said that every time we invent, invent something new, mm. um, we create a solution to existing problems, which then in turn creates not a new problem, but the same problem on a new scale. Okay. And so it's not a question of like we're creating new problems for ourselves with technology which is always the fear and then the logical answer to that is oh but we'll create new technology and solve Mm, those problems mm -hmm. it's that we're creating the same problems because there's really only about five problems humans can ever have which is inadequate shelter inadequate food Mm -hmm. um inadequate resources and other like the last disease yeah exactly subsidiary things um but the scale is what continues to change over the course of human life Mm-hmm. Um, and the book was very interesting because, like, half of it was talking about how agricultural societies have worked um, in that people got sicker when mm-hmm. they started living in larger and larger settlements. Yeah. Um, and that was just because you now had the technology to have 
like townships with a hundred thousand people where previously you could only live with 50 others. Um, Mm -hmm. And the problems that you had with 50 people were on a far more manageable scale than the problems you have with a hundred. And so the essential argument is that our destiny, if we don't want to become extinct Mm -hmm. is to just eventually turn our backs on technology and regress to a more, I assume after some sort of cataclysmic population destroying event, regress to a more like um, pre-technology, pre-agricultural revolution mode of living. Right. So he's he's assuming that that continual advancement and succession of technology will eventually lead to lead to extinction. kind of collapse. Okay, extinction. Whereas the alternative is to go back to shorter lifespans. Yes. Proneness to disease. Yes. Nasty brutus short. But also, lives. Um, no. Well, the point is the point being made is that all those things only occurred after the first major technological expansion. Whereas, like, uh, according to... Lifespans were short, though. Not pre-agricultural. Really? Yeah, they were up to... Um, I think people were dying at the age of 70. Really? 65, 70. It was only after the agricultural revolution that it fell to 30 because greater population numbers living in smaller spaces meant greater incidences of disease. Mm. Um, and also the diet that they had at the time was one that was prone to deficiencies because they were only eating what they were farming, which mm. was often like one type of grain or something. Right. Whereas when you're a roving band of hunter-gatherers, yeah. you're eating a wider range of things that human bodies are more suited for. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm endorsing the paleo diet. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so the idea was that like we were living not far from the way that we're living now, mm. Um, when we're in like urban centers and have ability to access healthcare and all of those things. Um, so not, not all of us by any stretch of the imagination mm-hmm. back then. So what was his recommendation? Well, it's not really sustainable to say we should kill like 90% of the human population and start over. So it was very much classic, in the realm of bad guy tactic, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Yeah, justifying <laughs> genocide to to save. Well, humanity. not genocide. I think it was more of a or, like, or you know, mass. Yeah, mass. Very murder. Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. And um, topical watch, Watchmen as well. Yeah. Ozzy Mandus. Yeah. Whatever his name was. You know. Yeah, I think that was it. It's a classic. Yeah. Classic villain move. Yes. It's very. It's a shaky thesis if it's you shaky. think about it. It's Although not. It's not completely. It's sound um, from a, a certain perspective, but it's sound um, from a very macro perspective. But but it's also the the prediction that there will be an an inevitable collapse is you know it's kind of theoretical. It's not it's not guaranteed, is it? Well, we're probably going to it die in at least like is. ten thousand years. Why? I mean, do you think that we'll survive past that? I mean, not- well, that's a good question. Yeah. How long do you think we're going to go on for? The way that we currently, well, I think, I think the species won't be extinct in the medium term, which we'll say is ten thousand years. But I think they'll like a significant portion of the current human population will be decimated within the next thousand years. Why is that? Just because it's not sustainable. And so you're talking about population resources. No, not not resources. There's definitely enough resources on the planet for everyone on the planet. Yeah. Um, but every, but by that, I mean every human on the planet, whereas we'll eventually degrade the, but like the biosystem and ecosystem enough that. So what, how would we get around that? What about like space travel and, and occupying other planets? Well, that's really the only 
I feel like that's the only, I think that's the only hope okay. for our species. And that's where technology would be useful. Yes, because yeah. it's only if we can colonize other planets and spread out yeah. that we can avoid meeting the fate of basically every other dominant species on, on this planet, mm-hmm. which is to eventually go extinct usually within like 100,000 years. Mm-hmm. And how long have we been here? 60 already? A bit 70? more than that, yeah. Yeah. About, yeah right so we've got about 30,000 years more mm-hmm. before we beat the dinosaurs' records. Mm-hmm. So you think it's just that we just need to rel- we just need to get that technology and and spread yeah, but wings? I don't even think we're like I feel like we're. How long do you think before we've got that technology? I don't know. Maybe a couple hundred years. Well, what 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 we what were you hoping for? What are we asking for? We're asking for like being able space, to get on Mars. Fast that's that's space likely travel. to happen in our lifetimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, Not too far away though, is it Mars? No, but that's yeah. a crazy thought. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a, what's the word? Terraforming? That's yeah. a planet that can be terraformed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that that is just, well, that's the other interesting thing. All of these um, these technologies are not exactly impossible. They're, they're just um, inconvenient consuming. and expensive mm-hmm. at the mm-hmm. moment. So and technology, not a priority. Not a priority. The technology is there, yeah. but there's just no good way to do it. Yeah. No sustainable, um, manageable way to do it. Yeah. yeah. So, who knows? Yeah. So, okay, so we're presuming that, you know, we want humanity to live on. We The idea of it sort of being extinct isn't very nice. Even if, you know, we, are, like, as individuals die in however many years. Oh, I wouldn't the, the, mind the, if we became extinct. You wouldn't mind? No, it's a cycle of life. Like, the dinosaurs okay. were cool. Now they're in museums. We'll be cool. One day we'll be in museums. Okay, well, well, let's let's so focus it. Let's focus it on you. As an, let's focus it on you as an individual, then, rather than the species. You know, do so I want to so say in the last one hundred years, uh, lifespans, ha- you know, longevity has been increasing due to nutrition and and healthcare. medicines, healthcare, etc., yeah. etc. Et I think that's you know, hopefully that will will continue. And there's you know quite a bit of talk about the science of aging and yes. how long humans can theoretically live for. That would be um, so as, as as medicine advances. I would well, not want to live for... You don't want to? No. Because you know what the flip side of that is. We're just going to work more. Right. That would be if you're <laughs> If you're healthy and energetic and your body is Yeah, but is, I'm healthy uh, and vital. Ener- I'm healthy and energetic right now. But does that mean that I enjoy the fact that I have to spend 70% of my life... What would you rather do? I'd... i like... Working is one thing, but working within, I guess what I'm railing against is working within the capitalist system rather than working. Well, that's something else that could change. Uh, we could. could. We could envision a, a, a more utopian society where those laborious jobs are automated. Yes. And then, well, I suppose we have to find different purposes. Yes. You know? so which, is car- which is a problem that we're facing right now, what to do mm. with... Um, the portions of the population that don't have the skills to do other things, but also what are the other things that they're meant to do even if they have those skills? Or that they want to do. Yeah. So, yeah, what would you do? What would you be I- ideally be doing? Right now, <clears throat> in my life. Yeah. Oh, that's a that's that's not got anything to do with the far future. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, okay, so so say say you're sort of 200 years old, we yes. we have a- um, create the, the society is, is structured in a sort of a pretty equal utopian way. Resources are um, is this sustainable. like a, a socialist utopia? 
Yeah, it's just, it's just a blanket utopia. Right. Um, <clears throat> what you know, it w- would life be tolerable? Would it be worth living? And, you know, it... I think it would depend on whether there was anything to be interested in. Mm-hmm. Like at some point, I feel like I would feel tired. Like I don't feel scared by the prospect of dying at some point mm-hmm. in the hopefully distant future. But like even in the medium term, I feel like most of us, well, I think lots of people are scared of death when they have someone um, who's dependent on them. Mm. Like it's a scarier prospect when you're concerned that you're going to leave behind unfinished business. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you're at a point where you don't have any unfinished business that you care hugely about, like a child or that sort of thing, or you're at the point where you've done everything that you have to do, <clears throat> eventually, as um, I feel like Albus Dumbledore said this, <laughs> death is but life's next adventure, uh, or something like that. I might have made that up. Well, we referenced Dumbledore last <laughs> we night did. during the phone conversation. He's got some good <laughs> wisdom has, on death, has, has Dumbledore. <laughs> Um, um, but, but still can't come out as gay in the actual source material. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel like I would just be curious at that point. Yeah, like I wouldn't okay. want to live anymore. I'd want to see what, if anything, comes next. So you're happy with the, the sort of 70 to 80 years that, that yeah, you've been allocated? Yeah, very much so. You don't want any more than that? No. Okay, that's interesting. No. Do you think that'll change not. over the next... Do you think that might change as you get older? No, I don't think so. At least not based on my grandparents. What if you got to 80 and uh, well, you, you were in a good state of health and a lot of people you you know are still alive and there's a lot of good things happening in the world and interesting new things happening. Then, yeah, you just want to tap but out? I wouldn't want to stick around for heaps of time. Where's the line? Um, when I got bored. <laughs> oh, it's just like right. I'm, I'm done. Like I want to go home now. <laughs> that sort of thing. I think I want to go you're to just, bed. Just, you're just tired. Just exhausted. Yeah. Just yeah. That's it. You and just expire. Yes. Best, but I've hit the best well, again, before. You know, referring. You know, of course, Le- Nicholas Flamel in, yeah. in, in the Harry Potter novels. You know, at, at the end of and a long he only stuck life, around. it's just like going to sleep at the end of a long day. Yes, and he only stuck around to win the war. He had a purpose. Yeah. Mm. Sure, mm. if I was going to, like, put off some sort of, like... Well, you know, it's nice. We need purposes. Well, this is what this... I mean, this is kind of what I'm getting at. Like, I, it, you might immediately or, or kind of initially jump on the idea of living this kind of constant life of leisure. Yeah. But... Um, but that would be so boring. It would be boring and it would be purposeless and... Yeah. A, a lot of satisfaction and, and meaning comes from having purposes. And having a routine, and, as sad as that sounds, that can yeah, be and working so uplifting. And, and, you know, helping other people. Yeah. And, but, you know, the... the this kind of utopian society doesn't preclude the idea of work needing to be done or purposes. No. Uh, well, being I think allowed. I was telling you, um, there's this like very interesting concept in Hinduism, which, I mean, I'm by no means devout or practicing, but I've always liked this idea that um, there's different phases in your life, mm-hmm. um, and during each phase, what is virtuous and what is like what behaviors are. Um, I think a good way to describe it might be full of grace and virtue. Mm-hmm. Um, what behaviors are in and of themselves uh, demonstrative of devotion to God um, change. So, for example, when you're a student um, being really interested and passionate and whatever about whatever you're studying mm-hmm. and focusing 
essentially on those things only to the exclusion of most other things is virtuous but when you're a householder um focusing on like material wealth um selfish interests in relation to you know your your partner your children that sort of thing although those are negative behaviors mm-hmm, become mm-hmm. virtuous in that <clears throat> time yeah and yeah. i think it's a it's a nice like what i like about it is that there's a, a period of time when you do certain things and you don't try to extend that period mm-hmm. or uh concern yourself with when it's going to end you just enjoy it for what it is and then you move to the next yeah yeah but i wonder how much of of that cycle is actually basic and innate or actually just whether it arises from the contingent kind of constraints that 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 theory is, has like arisen within if yeah. if that makes sense so a particularly inspired science fiction writer might imagine a future um where with you know a longer life cycle where there are there are different demands and different opportunities yes. for virtue and grace yes. and so the cycle that nice cycle that that you've described um, might not be enough different. time. Yeah. 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 And it could, you know, it could Certainly. include different things. Definitely. But I think that if you gave me now with this life the ability to live longer than 80 or 90 or 100 or whatever, 100 max, that <clears> sounds horrible actually. Um I would say no. Like okay. within this life, um if there was nothing demonstrably different about what I'm going to spend my time doing, Mm-hmm. shit would be you'd just be so bored yeah my grandma was definitely like and lots of old people they're like you know i'm bored they don't mind it everyone's dead yeah like things have changed yeah yeah well that's How another many thing you know can i do yeah and and you know your brain is less plastic it can't adjust or adapt you, yeah you don't you don't want to keep up with stuff in the same way you, no. you physically can't do yeah. that and it's just not interesting because you've probably seen it all repeat like 17 mm. times and in order to be able to maintain interest perhaps that requires the kind of change we were talking about before that actually means you're a different person it's yes. like doctor who yeah you know you're, you're kind of the same identity but you're regenerating to a to, to such a degree that you're actually sort of a different person and yes. the idea of that is tantamount sort of to death yes. in a sense um and and that's not necessarily appealing. No. Yeah. No, things I have feel to like end. I feel like death would be at that point restful. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The idea of annihilation, oblivion. I love um, that we've come back to this. <laughs> of course we have. Of course we have. Um, well, talking of of you know extinction extinctions um <laughs> and and death there's plenty of that happening in the animal kingdom yes um where, what's going to happen with that with likelihood wise you know what, what, what's oh well i was reading about this um on my very serious scientific wikipedia research mm. i was reading about this book series in which um no it's a documentary i think which was talking about how in the far future which in that sense was i think like um 500,000 or something like that years hence, um, there's intelligent sentient squid. Uh-huh. I don't think that was based on anything. <laughs> I feel like it was just the cheapest thing to CGI because it was a documentary. <laughs> right. Like maybe it was really hard to do other animals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also, what does intelligent squid behavior look like? It's sort of swimming, but just in a, just while it's swimming, it's, like it's doing algebra. Swimming? <laughs> yeah, it's, 
So it may look like a normal squid, but but trust me, it's having some pretty profa- profound thoughts. Um, yeah, you don't know what's going on under the surface. Exactly. <laughs> There's a lot of paddling. <laughs> yeah. So okay, so so you're saying that squids are going to be more intelligent. <laughs> That- oh, I'm not this documentary one. <laughs> right. I really think that was a more budgetary. <laughs> did, did they give any reasons for that? Or did no, you- no, and that's why I think there was a serious budgetary basis okay, for this thesis. Fine, fine. That that sounds like a sort of late night panicky <laughs> producer decision. Like, Let's guys, none of the material squid. works. Uh, we're gonna have to go with the squid. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It just really lends into the idea of the the super intelligent squid. Um, no, but but what do you think? Like, so so lots of species are dying out on a daily basis. Is that just going to continue? Are we just yeah, gonna including be, us? Hmm. We're just going to join them at some point. Well, you know, we could. Uh, yeah. So you, obviously, animals are uh, part of ecosystems. I mean, you're talking about extinctions. You're talking about sort of potential collapses yeah, of they, ecosystems, they... and, and and in turn, our resources, our food. Mm-hmm. Um, things but like that. But they're replaced as well. <clears throat> it's not a finite number of things dying. Right. They're replaced by evolutionary changes in bacteria and that sort of thing. Oh, uh, other animals that or creatures or <clears throat> yeah. Well, I mean, evolution fill, hasn't fill stopped gap. for them. Although, arguably, it has stopped <clears throat> for us with the advent of. Um, what do you, I'd be interested in your thoughts on this actually, because mm. I think I was reading a some sort of medical article about this, which was saying that um, evolution has effectively come to a halt in humans yeah. because we save all the children that would otherwise have mm-hmm. died out as yeah. a result of natural selection. Yeah, I, I, th- I think that's that's interesting. Yeah, and it doesn't necessarily, yeah, it just doesn't necessarily operate in the same way with humanity. It can be much, it, it can be more sort of consciously governed how, how we procreate. Yes. It's not necessarily a, a simple change. function of, of um, Selecting you know, kind yeah. of survival in, in the savannah. Yes. Um, pretty much everybody is given the opportunity to procreate. And, and you know, it refers to the, that, that kind of concept of idiocracy, the yes. idea that, that um, statistically less intelligent people procreate more yes. uh, than the more intelligent people. Yes. Um, well, that's, which that's is a partly sort of because slight, of our economic s- systems, though. Mm-hmm. Um, so that might change. Which is a result of, you know, human flourishing in a certain sense. Yes. Or, or and, at least... and certain types of, um, I guess, socioeconomic systems flourishing yeah. as well. Which are, are complicated and can only be the, and are themselves the result of um, evolution. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, it's all a snake eating its tail. It's. I mean, we're we're an interesting case in point, and you know, it's it's kind of fascinating because things are ramping up, to, <laughs> by you know, by an increasingly kind of accelerating degree. Yeah. Um. So I think big changes are just going to continually be happening, and we're we're going through them at the moment with with yeah. the mass. You know, obviously, you know, technology and, and the impact change. that it has in our lives at the moment. Big changes are happening. Yeah. Um. Both in terms of how we interact with each other, how we create meaning and value in our own lives, and also the environments that we have to live within and the way yes. that we're changing them. Although I think I I think that the sort of geological changes like climate change and that sort of thing um will fundamentally well how we deal with that Mm. which is decided by what you said which is our personalities the way that we see the world Mm -hmm. um are going to decide whether our species continues in this form 
mm-hmm. even in the next couple hundred years. All right, so so big environmental threats, lack of resources. Um, Are we ending on a very depressing note? <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to sort of think how how surmountable these problems are. So lack of resources. You know, I feel like I the answer is space travel. <laughs> space travel. Yeah. Okay. We so should we just need give up on the stuff. icebergs and go screw up some other planet. Yeah, but the other planet. Oh, okay. That that's another. Th- okay, so we should we we'll have to end on this. But um, the okay, we began by talking about science fiction. Science fiction often talks about alien life. Oh yeah. Um, you know. So how's that going to feature <laughs> into our future? Can we predict? Do you think there's alien life out there? Yeah, totally. Statistically, it has to be there. You would have thought so. There are like, I was reading about how there's apparently like 40, I might be making this figure up, anyone Mm. who's listening that knows far more. Anyone who actually has a PhD on the future, no. Um, Anyone who has any sort of scientific basis for their studies or profession, (laughs) unlike my Wikipedia digging. Yeah. Um, But it was something like, I'm not going to give a number. A large number of like Earth-like planets. Okay. Um, yeah. Not in our solar system, obviously, but in other solar systems um, and other galaxies, there's mm-hmm. heaps of Earth-like planets. So mm-hmm. why would we be the only planet in the entire universe with life? Absolutely. Yeah. They probably look... It would be very anthropocentric to think that we were. Yes, it would. Mm. Arrogant. Very much so. Yes. Um, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, do you think that'll, how will that factor? How could that factor into uh, development? I'm thinking particularly of the film Arrival, which I absolutely love. That was great. Um, And that describes humanity's first interaction with an alien species. It's it's really about the sort of philosophy of communication and linguistics. um, And... uh, Basically, humanity. Oh, I don't want to spoil the film, but it's. Well, maybe I should. Well, watch the. Pause this and then watch the film and come back. Um, Surely you could describe it without spoiling it. Well, the, the result is that humanity learns a new language or a new way of communicating, which gives them a, a, a kind of an evolved ability. Um, specifically to actually see the the future and the past. So it it kind of changes the way humanity functions. That's something that we acquire from aliens. It's kind of a technology. It's very cool. It's so cool. I hope that we find aliens, but we won't do that until we leave our solar system. That's probably like at least a few hundred years in the Mm. future. Yeah, wouldn't you want to see that? Wouldn't you want to stick around for that? Would I want to live a few hundred years on the off chance that the politicians get their shit together long enough to fund that? Well, you could help out with the the course. With my PhD. Yeah, you could get that PhD. (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you. Get that linguistics degree. No, thank you. I'd rather take my chances on, I don't know, the existence of some like heaven-like plane of existence. Right. From which I could see. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen either. Or, yeah. Well, that's a whole. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole other podcast. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think we'll we'll have to leave it there <laughs> for this podcast. And um, next time, heaven, supernatural realms, <laughs> and uh, do the, you think the there's numinous. a heaven for aliens? Is it the same heaven as our heaven? Mm, good question. <laughs> Tune in next time to uh, find out more. Thank you so much for coming on. No problem. Thank you. (laughs) 
You've been listening to Dialogues on 3CR Community Radio 855 AM. You can download the podcast by searching for Dialogues on your podcast app. And email us on dialogues3cr at gmail.com or find us on Facebook. Just search Dialogues 3CR.